Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is gonna be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Alright, welcome back, Rage Nation. We are back at it again, and this time we're gonna do something a little different. This time we got a few different people on here, but we got Pete back again with Chris. And we have two guests that are going to talk to us about the world of infinity. And that's going to be Clay from our local area of Charleston. And we also got Wilson from up in the Northern Maryland area. So yeah, welcome to the show, guys. We're, we're real excited to talk about this new edition of infinity. Yeah, man, glad to be on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so yeah, we're just going to kind of go through a few things. We're going to confuse Chris a lot because, Chris, you, you have been interested in Infinity, but you haven't ever been able to get into it, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, Chris, what's kind of held you up with the game and everything else? It's complicated as fuck. <laughs> I feel like there's a billion things going on, and I'm like, okay, this guy's some camo-y thing. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? So lots of rules. That's the thing. Infinity has been known for being rules intensive, lots of terrain, uh, lots of, I always see clay, you're always kind of leaning over the table and kind of looking at different avenues of approach. So, I mean, clay, what would you say maybe the stereotype that people have about infinity prior to N4? Well, it's just what Chris mentioned. It's uh, beautiful models, but very complex rules to get into. Um, I think a lot of people have problems when they start the game. They don't play consistently enough to get around the, the rules gap. And then that kind of kills their entry into the game. Okay. And Wilson, you said you, you're a war core, which is basically a person that helps run the community. So what are some of the things new players have told you about like N3 and prior that kind of hold them up with the game? Is it a lot of the same thing? Just rules kind of get in the way a little bit, a little clunky? Yeah, rules complexity um, is one of the things that gets people... Um, as a war corps, and, and I've recruited a couple of people that uh, do demos, mm -hmm. and and my 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 mission for the demo is just to let them know what the mechanics are because the mechanics are fairly simple, uh, and the in depth rules and complexity would come later. Okay, so we have a few people that I know are interested in Infinity because I've talked with them the last week or two as I've been kind of talking about Infinity a little bit more online and. What makes Infinity unique as far as mechanic-wise, Wilson? What are some of the things you're like, okay, Infinity, you're going to see this and you won't see this in other games, but it's cool. Um, I think the most unique factor is is it's always your turn. Um, it's not I do my stuff and then you do your stuff and then we see what happens. It's every everything that I do, you react to. Everything that you do, I react to. So both players are always engaged and both players are are forced to really communicate in order to have a, a fun match and a cinematic feel. I think that's the most unique part of, uh, of infinity. Yeah. And I, the thing that really took me a minute of getting used to, I would say is kind of like the D twenties and Chris, I don't know, did the D 20 system kind of throw you off when you did your demo or two? Uh, it wasn't so much using D twenties. I was cool with that. The part that was a little bit like difficult was, managing like the plus minus and uh where like i i felt like i didn't ever know what i was supposed to roll like it wasn't like it wasn't like a game where it's like okay i'm gonna hit basically on fours and there might be a modifier like i felt like there was none of that it was always like a crazy calculation <laughs> okay so lots of plus and minuses uh which i think that clay and wilson that's probably something that you've heard a lot like clay you did a demo the other day with a brand new player did you feel that n4 it was easier to explain than n3's rules like how, how did you feel the difference when you were doing that demo uh well the, i don't think the demos changed that much between the editions what did change is when i print out a profile everything 
is there and I don't have to tell them that, hey, you know, here camo has all of these built-in rules to it that you have to remember. It's all printed on the page. The base mechanics of the game are the same and explaining those can kind of, you can either lose or gain a person with the explanation of those base mechanics at the start. Yeah, I think it was big because I had you run me through another demo, which of course is a lot easier because I played, you know, last edition. But uh, I, I would say when I looked at everything and it had the pluses and minus built into the profile, that way you don't have to remember, or you don't have to go look up a PDF to see what the plus and minus is for each role. I think that's a that's a huge change that that we see with this whole new edition. So what I want to do, guys, is we're going to go through a couple things. Um, the main things that I want to talk about with Infinity are some of the good changes, the bad changes, which we've already started alluding a little bit to. Uh, what new players are going to like, which I think is the biggest thing because a game wants to see growth and you get that by having new players. If you just have this, you know, kind of old, you know, player based and it doesn't grow, the game is going to die. So we want to make sure new players get into it. And then finally... Um, with the last two things, what are some old, old players going to like about the new edition? And then which factions are going to be better or for worse, depending on what you guys think early on in these changes. So let's kind of start off with, and I'm going to start with you, Wilson. What are some of the good things that you're like, these are awesome changes, or these are some changes that I really have liked with the new edition? From a from a veteran standpoint, or from sure a new sure, it, it can be veteran. It doesn't have to be new. Yeah, from from someone's from my standpoint, I, I've been playing for probably six or seven years now, maybe more. Time flies, but um, I really do like the way they've changed a couple of things. Um, most notably, is critical hits. In the past, critical hits were like automatic wounds, and now you have to roll to see if you if you make the save. It just causes an additional roll. Um, I like that because it makes it makes the player and, and in this case myself or my opponent feel like they have some control and there's still a, a possibility that they would live as opposed to in the past where a critical basically nine times out of ten meant that your unit was now down, whether it was yeah. a tag or a light infantryman. Um, so I like that change. I really enjoy the, the changes to dodge. Um, dodge has become much more simpler. Um, and with that simplification, it has become uh, much more useful overall. So it clears up a few things that I think new players had had struggles with, with regards to dodging in the past. Since now on reactive or active turn, they essentially do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I think those are really good changes. Uh, the yeah. profiles, with, which Clay already alluded to, Having a nice, clean profile, it says everything there. You don't have to go to a book. You don't have to remember what ODD does uh, or hyperdynamics or kinematica. It, it's written there. Uh, mimetism, negative six, dodge plus two inches, and dodge plus three. You know, it's, it's really intuitive, and, and I think it'll help the new players come up to speed faster. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm going to tell you as a new player from last edition, nothing pissed me off more than when like I roll like a few hits and then Clay's ARO, he like rolls a crit and kills my own guy. And I, as a new player, I was, I'd get very pissed at Clay. I'd be like, I, I fucking hate you. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that happened, right? There's just times where it's like, oh, I rolled good, but you got a crit and now my guy's just dead in exactly. last edition. So I think that gets rid of some of the feel-bads where you feel like you at least got a chance to hold it off um, a little bit. Um, what about you, Clay? What are some of the uh, some of the positive changes that you want to speak to a little bit more? Sure. Oh, I think Wilson covered a lot of my favorite ones, but uh, I'm going to go over talking about you no longer kind of uh, lose the player agency for scattering off the table for things like drop troopers or you know infiltration or... Um, even your AI beacons, uh, no longer can you scatter off the table and you're down in order. Now they would just be placed in your deployment zone. And with the uh, the changes to the maximum order count, that is a pretty big change in my opinion. Chris, you hearing this and you were like a new, new player. I mean, is some of this addressing some of the issues you had or are you still kind of like, well, here's an issue I still have with it? it anything that simplifies infinity, I'm going to count as a win. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I really do want to get into this game. Like Clay said in the past, 
I I love the models. Like they're some of my favorite models. I love that they they're the most realistic too. Yeah, they they look like real people, right? They don't look like you know those stocky space marines that don't look realistic. Um, so I want to get into this game. I like the the background and the story behind the game too, but it was just I I just felt like it was so complex. I felt like even learning like one scenario was more difficult than you know learning multiple other games right as far as like just baseline set so all of this is good news for me as far as being able to have everything handy not feeling like i have to look into a bunch of different references uh that 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 sounds great and obviously you don't want a situation where as a new player you think you're doing something very simple and then it gets exploded on you to where it's like well why did i even fucking shoot at you if you're just going to make my guy die yeah, and I think another cool thing, especially that's good for the game, is I think I was listening to the Maya cast, and I think they said something along the lines of they either got rid of or condensed over 60 rules from the previous edition. So that means that rules that were similar but maybe slight differences, they ended up either streamlining and putting them as the same rule, or if it just seemed unnecessary, they just scrapped it. And I don't know about you guys being like, older players that have been playing the game for a bit to me that's good because i think it'll clean up the game but it also be helpful for newer players i don't know what you two think about that absolutely absolutely so i think a big change just just like you can take a look at the uh, n3 weapon chart versus the n4 weapon chart getting rid of like an ammunition and kind of standardizing you know the type of uh, damage it does or like the trait, meaning like AP or double action, and then what it targets instead of having things like uh, viral ammunition or T2 ammunition, et cetera. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Just simpler is better. Um, and it doesn't take away from the gameplay either. Um, so that they didn't Actually, it, it, it improves the gameplay, in my opinion, a lot of times. I'm not, I'm not sitting there looking through a chart or arguing about something like, uh, does my guy have cover anymore? Yeah, which brings me to the to the other change that I think was really great was the changes to peripherals. Um, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Before you had uh, whatever, Pupniks, and then you had G-Synchronized, G-Control, and you had uh, the, 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 the Dog Controller, the Preda Controller, all these different kind of weird rules. The, the Antipode rules in themselves? Yeah, exactly. And, and now they did the peripherals. And the peripherals actually have balanced the, the the units that used to be really abusive, like the 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 anapodes and the the, the what's it we call it the pupniks, um, but really made it streamlined, very straightforward. Put them in the same group, um, opened up some additional strategy. So overall, I, I'm very happy with what they did to. Yeah, and let me ask you guys this as well, because I've heard you both of you mention this a couple of times before we started recording. Uh, they ended up capping the orders. And in Infinity, you have to spend an order to make a model do something on your turn. And essentially, you can keep using the same order on the same model as much as you want. But why is capping that a big deal? Why do you think they decided to do it? What's the benefit of it? Is there any negative to it? Um, Just letting us know for those of us that don't know why they capped it. I think it it ended up helping some factions and hurting some factions in some ways, but it is going to, if it hurts you from playing last edition, it's going to also help you because it's actually going to change how you build your list now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. So why did they, why did they cap it though? That's kind of what I'm asking. I, I like, think, why do you guys I think, think they capped it for multiple reasons. I can't speak for all the metas, um, but some of our better players here. And, and, and uh, I think, I think, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Eric, he played a 21 order list of Caledonia and and he did very well with it he won the tournament but you know his thing was it's kind of boring you know you're 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 counting on the weight of numbers your your strategy stays the same um gives you a certain level of consistency but it's not as fun for either him or his opponent um and it also slows down the game eric is a very fast player. He he can play efficiently, but you you put you put that same list in a new person's hands or a a moderate player's hands, and it slows the game down so much that you're not able to f- play a full game um, in its entirety 
uh, of course, a veteran player like myself and Clay, we could probably knock out a, tw- a two twenty order lists game in two hours fairly, fairly consistently. But a newer player, it would take away from a new player's experience, uh, both facing it and even wielding it. I-, I don't know if you agree with that, Clay. Yeah, um, I think a lot of it came down to tournament experiences. Now, Pete, I don't know that uh, you guys know about this, but anytime you have an ITS game in a tournament, you're able to submit your lists, and that list is tied to your army. And uh, Corvus has the ability to track statistics on that. So they actually have some data to back up this change, I would imagine. Um, I would imagine it probably not only helps a newer player get into the game because they're not having to manage as much resources, but it also is better for the tournament scene so that you can actually finish a game in two hours I had a lot of games in N3 where we did not finish because someone would bring a bigger list or, you know, we would both have a 20 plus order list, but they weren't, weren't as experienced. And, and, you know, an hour into the round one, uh, we've just gotten through turn one because their deployment took a while. Well, and I think that when you look at capping those, I think that means that the orders are also more valuable because you have fewer of them, right? Absolutely. I think that also might encourage, like you guys were saying, changing your list building um, options where it's like, okay, I need these orders to count. I'm going to maybe bring this more elite infantry or maybe tag because now I I can use these heavy hitters to do it because I'm not going to get spammed with 20, 25 orders or whatever. I think a key part for me when I was playing a higher order count, it was about trades. And yeah. I would trade a very cheap guy for a more expensive guy. Um you don't really have that luxury with 15 orders. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but me, I see the cool models. Like, you know, I, I have the, you know, Ratnik that I got with the Tartary Army uh, Corps, and I want to use that model. And it seems like that change, you know, gives you some incentive to actually use the cooler models. And I think as a gaming company, you want to see the cool looking models on the table. Yeah. You combine that with the change to crits and all of a sudden armor became, you know, astronomically better in terms of survival. Yeah, because yeah, didn't the crit, not, what what was it last edition? Was it also that not only you didn't get a save, but... It auto-hit you like, and auto-wound you. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And, and that change definitely makes it better where you can bring, you know, like, I can bring Ajax with, you know, my uh, my faction and maybe not have him die as quickly. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, any other changes that you guys can think of that would be a a positive before we talk maybe about some of the things that you're like, hey, I don't know about this yet. Any other positives? Sure. I think the hacking changes was big. Uh, They vastly simplified hacking. Uh, They changed the... Oh, thank heaven. (laughs) (laughs) They they, they changed the versatility of hacking, um, meaning like, you know, each hacker has its own um kind of slot it fills in now and then they also they, uh, made it more powerful because uh i can spotlight as an aro now so it becomes even more powerful because the state doesn't just go away anymore you have to physically remove it didn't they reduce the amount of programs or something too wasn't there like a lot more programs yeah well so there's a lot of programs that would really just kind of repeat themselves with different modifiers yeah. or damage or damage type so so chris now that we've heard some of the positive changes i mean is this sounding like something you get a little more on board with huh yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely digging a lot of these. I, I, I do have a question though. Um, when I played, I always remember that there were a lot of abilities that they sounded like the exact same thing. It's just that like there were little tweaks to them. It was like visor one, visor two, visor with a hat, visor when you wear a necklace. Like it, it was just all this like extra shit. Is it has that been simplified at all? Like. Is it just you're either wearing a visor or you're not these days or, you know, you're throwing smoke or you're not? Like, what's what's the deal with that sort of stuff? Like, the overlap in abilities. So, visors visors are still MSV1, MSV2. Um, what did change is um, smoke can now be shot at with MSV1. Um, so, they, they simplified how smoke works and interacts. Um, so that's the only change that's happened on that. But many of the skills, like like we were talking about, hyperdynamics level two. If I told you that now, Chris, I'm sure you'd be like, okay, what does that mean, right? Um, now that's just been changed to dodge plus six. 
so for for, yeah. for for certain things they've simplified it very much um for msv there's still msv1 msv2 and msv3 yeah so that's the difference between a skill and a piece of equipment so the equipments can still have different variants but your skills have all been brought up uh so take uh so take camouflage for instance last edition camouflage also meant you have you had a negative to hit you had stealth and you may have had other rules associated with now all those have been brought up in the forefront so camouflage is its own thing meaning you can become a marker mimetism is the how much the uh the hit modifier is and then you may or may not have stealth which actually gave Corvus a little bit of flexibility and how they make profiles because now they actually have some profiles with hidden deployment, but no marker state, meaning they don't have camo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I can that's, live with all that. Yeah. It, it, they've really broken everything down into ingredients um, with, with some minor exceptions. Yeah. So I guess, I guess the next place that Pete wanted to go was talking about changes to uh, the game that you think are negative and, and let's kind of break this up into new players and veterans. Like, so what, what are some things that you guys take away from you guys as veteran players? And you're like, ah, I liked it better the old way versus, you know, things that maybe new players would, would not like as much. As, as a veteran, I, I, my philosophy is change is good. Um, I really do like most of the changes that have happened. Um, there are a few rules that I'm like, oh, that's whack. And, 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 and one which in particular stands out is in the past, remotes were not able to go prone because, you know, the, the theory is they're, they're a robot uh, and, and they don't go prone. But now they can go prone. And it really does change the, the strategy much more than, than people realize until they start playing. Um, and I wouldn't say I hate it. It's just like one of those changes that I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so used to it being this way. And it made so much sense in the past that now it's they're going prone. And I'm like, oh, that that's that kind of sucks. But I can live with it. It's, it's not something that's going to really turn me off from the game. Are you done, Wilson? Because I actually have a, quite a few I'm about to go for. It, on. <laughs> about to, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we know Clay gets salty. We get it. Unleash, man. I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> okay. So from a, a beginner player that is a bad change, I would say they didn't address some of the gotchas. Um, so the ability to, you, when you have an ARO, you were forced to take it. Um, and this coincides with the changes to Sixth Sense, which does take away a little bit of the, um, I guess, the defensive ability of Link teams not being able to hold actions anymore. So you're forced to kind of choose your AROs before you know what I'm going to do. Um, so you no longer can wait till I try to template your entire link team to dodge. But the same goes for if I have, you know, Kodali in smoke near people. If you can't see me, but I don't use stealth, you're forced to dodge. You can't wait for, you know, wait for me to shoot you to shoot back. You're forced to dodge and just eat potentially, you know, five dice on 17s, um, which could lead to a negative play experience. Now, for a more experienced player, you're probably going to count on Kodali or Rossiat being there if you ever see combined army and you will prepare accordingly. Uh, but that can be a very negative play experience for, for new players. Um, <laughs> for a, as a veteran player, a bad change. And I'm going to probably get a lot of flack on this is I'm going to say the changes to jammer being disposable too was a bad change. And the reason for that is, is in combination with a bunch of other changes. Um, main mainly being like, a, okay, uh, low order counts, I'm probably not going to be taking Gazis, uh, and really this is specifically around Gazis because they're the ones that always got the most flack. Um, I never really played with uh, Varuna or uh, Nomads, who both have access to jammers. Um, Disposable two feels bad. I guess that's also balanced with the zone of control and uh, baggage changes. So it's not too hard to put them in, but you combine that with the way the profile changed for Gazis. And I really just don't see a lot of their value being there anymore. Um, you're probably going to take the, the cheaper version still and use them for, you know, maybe a smoke clearance if you need to get some stuff out of the deployment zone. Um, and you're going to rely on your Ghulam shotguns to do kind of perimeter defenses now. I'll, I'll chime in about the Gazis. I mean, I never struggled with Gazis. Me either. But, but that's because 
I'm a pretty experienced player. Um, but, you know, Gazi would shut down new guys, and they would be totally frustrated with that. Um, I understand the Kodali MSV2 shooting thing. Kodali does what Kodali does, and, and I think that that's definitely an, uh, an experience with a player that they'll have to learn from it, right? Like, we, we can't we can't erase all the strong yeah. combinations. Sure. But, um, I mean, you can also do that with Usha now, with yeah. just MSV1, or, you know, some other combination of it. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to get rid of, uh, change the, the powerness of it. Uh, I think it's the, the combination of being forced to take an ARO when you have it. Um, and that's been like an issue that's been brought up in N3 as well. Yeah, I mean, I think there in any game that you play, there's always this beginner beginner encounter where the beginner goes against somebody who knows what they're doing and they play against it and it seems really broken or it seems really strong. But once you figure out counters and play arounds to it, you realize that, okay, that's good, but there's ways I can prevent the feel bads, right? So yep. you, you almost have to explain to them how, I mean, Clay, you did this to me when you were teaching me last edition where you like jumped up to, you did your, you know, rocket propelling up to the rooftop and, you know, you shotgun blasted like half my dudes and you giggled and you're like, yeah, you don't want to do that next time. And I'm like, well, you know, fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It's funny because I guarantee you and Clay, you you can agree or disagree. New players in this, in this edition will have many of the same, uh, aha moments that you just mentioned. So I used to say a new player will, first time they, they encounter total reaction bots, they're like, shit, total reaction bots are broken. Then they learn how to how to counter it. Then yeah. they, they encounter the MSV2 uh, sniper. And the smoke, smoke MSV trick, yep. They're like, man, smoke is broken. And then uh, if, if they continue playing, they'll figure out a, 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 a counter for it. And then they'll they'll come across somebody that does a hacker spotlighting missile launcher guided thing they're like man guided missiles are, are broken so yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, well it, wilson when i was a lot of that I, yeah and i was kind of playing you know playing with my alif you know my my uh what the hell is it called the steel legion is that right steel phalanx. Not, steel phalanx thank you been a while since i looked at that stuff but anyways i was playing ajax with his man purse and his big hammer and then all of a sudden clay like hacks him so he can't move and i'm just like how am I supposed to do this? He's like, well, you, you can use your hacker. I'm like, I don't have one. He's like, well, then you're kind of stuck there. I was like, well, this is fucking great. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that was one of those feel bads where it feels broken, but you you realize there's a play around to it, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I hate to go back to the good changes, but that's actually another good change is there's no state that I can't get out of without a specialist now. Like I can get out of that now as yeah. a player. Yeah, I love just that. Even at a negative too, 12, it feels better than just not. Yep, there's always a chance. Now, it, what would that test be for most of those checks? Would that be whip checks? Is that what that would be? It, it depends on what you get hit with. Okay. Yeah. There's only two. There's there's a there's a there's, there's a, a chance though. There's two states now instead of like a bunch of different immobilizations. You have one that is a, a whip check, and then there's one that's a physique check. Uh, depend if you got depend on what you got hit with. All right. Well, I mean, we got a few of the not so good or things that you didn't like. I wouldn't even say not so good. It's just there are things that it's like, okay, I would have liked them to change this. But um, I mean, honestly, from what you guys are telling me, it feels like that there's a pretty good balance between, you know, what they did to make it more accessible for new players, but still keep the diversity and the skills that the old players loved about the game, right? Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. And and like the first time a player goes against a, a solid JSA player and, and they have ninjas pop out everywhere and kill things in hand to hand, you know, I, I think that that's still an exciting thing uh, for new players um, and, and, and veteran players, too. I, I really enjoy playing new players from outside my meta because I encounter all these things that I haven't played against before. And and I and I go back to my buddies and I'm like, oh, I had a guy that played this. And when I go there, they're like, oh my god, this guy brought a motorcycle list. Yeah, there, there's no <laughs> there's no one way to do it. I think that's the great thing about Infinity. One person's trash is another person's like MVP. Yeah, 100 percent, man. The next thing I kind of want to go into, and this is probably what Chris, you might be more excited about, just to hear how you know your your shinies might do, but. 
let's talk about some of the factions that, or, I mean, well, let's break this down for people that may, might not even know. How are the different factions or sectorials or how is that broken down for Infinity before we talk about who came out good and who came out bad? So one of y'all can take that and just kind of explain how, how the factions are generally broken down. Clay, feel free to add, but every every <laughs> faction, what I, what I like about Infinity and it's still very true is every faction can do the same thing. Just some factions do it better. Um, I think the general descriptions of the factions are pretty on point, um, and they've kept their flavor. You know, Pano is the heavy-hitting, um, high-tech power. Um, Yu Jing is their jealous brother who's always trying to uh, outdo them. Ariadna are the low-tech um, grunts. Uh, Hakaslan has the best light infantry in the game and, and, and solid uh, doctor abilities. Nomads are the rebels of the universe, you know, anarchists of the infinity world. Uh, combined still feels very alien. They have their own little uh, ways of doing things and, and unique technology. Uh, Aleph is very high-tech robots. And then NA2 are your mercenaries of the world. And then, of course, we have space cops. I, I think that they all still stay within their their wheelhouse but they can all do what the others can do just in different ways yeah and i, I will say that, that you each each faction has its not only its own flavor but they do have what like they are particularly good at and they may have a weakness so take uh pano for instance they have the best ballistic skill in the game but the lowest willpower uh Hakuslan probably has the best light infantry in the game and they have like so-so ballistic skill but the highest willpower but typically they, they can't take a hit, but that's why their doctors are so good. Um, and then if you're not familiar with Infinity, the way the factions are broken into, they have what they call the vanilla faction, or you can call it like the parent faction, and then it's broken into, you can play that. And then what changes when you go to a sectorial is the availability of certain units. Um, where something may be only availability one in the vanilla faction, it may be availability five or more in a sectorial. Um, so these are more flavorful ways of playing a vanilla faction, but they also give you the ability to bring in link teams, which are kind of like a force multiplier. Yeah, and I had a new play. Well, not even a new player. This is a person who's just curious about the game. They asked me, uh, "What's the difference?" All, all, some of the models look the same. They just have you know different, maybe slight styles to them. And I'm like, "Well, think about Infinity as the world, like Earth." And everybody has very similar technology. It's just they might, their armor might look slightly different or their weapons are maybe slightly different. But a lot of the same tech is found within a lot of these different nations, right? Yeah, you can find the same, like, well, <laughs> maybe not hacking in terms of Ariadne because they, they, they lack that, really. Um, weapons are pretty general, like, in terms of, like, what they do. But the, the distinct style of that weapon will change between factions. Okay, so... Looking at it then, what are some either factions or sectorials even, and I know some of them even we still don't have like full like reveals on, but generally speaking, what, what what's looking pretty good right now and maybe what are some old units or factions that are struggling? Uh, I'll go ahead and say I think Nomads have got a, a big boon this edition in terms of, um, especially when you go the Corregidor route, uh, they got a lot of really cool link team options as well as new units and then uh the generalized way of taking away the 4-2 movement of a lot of medium infantry is good um outside of that i think they got easier to play with the the addition of the hacking changes now now that's okay. what i want to hear clay that now you're getting my interest <laughs> I'll, I'll say that for me it's a little too early to declare uh high winners or high losers um, Ariadna, for example, they didn't have any hacking before. Now they have access to some decent hackers. They, they won't have a strong hacking network like Nomads, um, but they, they have some decent hackers. Um, with the 15 order count, I think that uh, strategies in general are going to change. Even myself, who I, I, I consider my, my JSA my best faction, um, my, list, my lists are changing. And the strategies are evolving, and but right now, I mean, Nomads is an obvious 
um, winner just because of the uh, hacking changes. Uh, if, if you if you look at uh, the fact that armor is now more relevant, um, Pano and and Yu Jing are big winners there. Uh, so it's really it's really every faction is winning, but I think in different ways, and, and, and a lot of it's yet to be seen. Yeah, I mean, by no means that Nomads is like the best faction now because I, I guarantee you I could still go into a Nomads player with my Caldonia list and still wreck the face. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is in terms of like what like new profiles and then like major changes, I think Nomads was a big change. Um, for me, another good change was still Combined Army is still sitting fairly strong with a lot of their new character profiles. Um, and some of the point cost reductions on certain units, you you may start seeing a lot more avatars than you really want to see on the table. <laughs> yeah, the avatar is one of one of the ones I feel is one of the biggest winners. But yeah, you, I think I think Norkius is a great change too. Though, like that is a solid profile, and that's what I want out of a an Umbra. Yeah, yeah, but the, there's a ton of great stuff out there, and it's yet to be played. The the, the boosts to tags in general, all that stuff is going to be great to explore i feel like i'm starting a new game you know when you, when oh, you start a new game yeah. and and you're doing the exploration and just trying new things and figuring stuff out I, I i feel that way i look at the blue wolf pilot and the blue wolf tag and i'm like oh that's sexy i can't wait to try it yeah and i i me personally just as a kind of a casual player coming into uh infinity i i don't feel like there was anything that was unplayable, but obviously I know Clay, you've been very competitive with Infinity. Last edition, what is the difference as far as competitive play and playability goes with these factions? Was there anybody who was too ridiculously powerful, or was there anybody who's like, you're not going to win if you play this faction? Uh, that was never the case in Infinity. In my okay. entire like, like I, I played a lot of what would be considered one of the weaker factions, which is, in my opinion, would have been Caldonia. And some people would argue otherwise, but uh, Caldonia actually had some hard counters, um, but you could get around that with good player ability. And you can look at uh, the last rumble that we had physically. I mean, uh, Lewis won with Corregidor, which at the time was not considered, you know, like a top tier faction. It's always mm -hmm. been player skill in Infinity, and I will, that, that is a hill I would die on. Yeah, yeah I, I, tend, I tend to agree. Player skill is everything. Um, I was playing Shivasti when everybody said Shivasti was garbage, and I, I think I spent at least seven months of that season on the number one in the U.S. So it, it's really, it's really player skill, hundred percent. So I mean, and that's great to hear because I think when you have a game and it's like I love the way this model looks, or I love the way that this faction kind of reads fluff wise i think people want to play the toys that you know they they really enjoy looking at painting building or reading about so that's great that that's the case so i got kind of a couple of general things just to talk about just because i've had a lot of new players asking me about infinity because i know clay you know about this wilson you probably heard about it from you know your friends up there but with games like Guild Ball dying off, people have been looking for new games. And I think Infinity is one of those areas where people are like, I've been interested, let me get into it now. So when I'm going to start playing Infinity, what am I going to spend as far as like a faction just getting into the game and getting started? Like what's the entry for the price point for Infinity in this new edition? I, I think that's going to highly depend on which faction you choose and which one catches your eye. Um, it, it, mainly, I, I say that because there's uh, there's not a battle box or a 300 point box out for every faction, mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's going to greatly depend on what your faction choice is. Would you say those kind of like the action pack that I picked up, Clay? Is that a really good starting point for new players coming in, though? Yeah, I think if you have an action pack or a 300 point box available, that is a great time and a great way to get into the game, and it gives you like a, a good variety of models to try. Um, Sometimes the, the action packs can force you to lean a certain way, like the Tartary Armor Court one that you picked up. Um, yes, you can play a tack one, but you could also take that and place some of it into vanilla Ariadna. Maybe you're not able to take um, everything at that availability that, that comes in the box. Yeah, to, to, answer your, to answer your question, we're looking at uh, 150 to 200 to get yourself to a place where you have some serious options and you can play a 15-man uh, 
army. Um, as most miniature players will admit, you kind of want all the toys after a while, so you'll, you'll <laughs> up your collection. But getting a, a, a 15 guys on the board, 150, 200 bucks. Um, if and that'll give you enough options. A little bit more, yeah. Oh, that was exactly where I was going to ask is just like, okay, what are the dollar amounts for those 300 point boxes and those types of things? Well, the 300 point boxes aren't too bad. Like this one for uh, the action pack I got is, I mean, it's not full point, but I mean, I, it's something like 10 infantry in the tag. And I mean, you can find it online for like 75 bucks, which to yep. me is a really good deal. Yep. So that's, that's not quite the same as a 300 point box. Those, these new action packs are a repackage of, uh, previous two-player boxes and the Beyond box that came with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 300-point box would be something like the. Uh, oh boy! So, which one? Which was the latest one? Wilson was the um, was the Pano Knights one, the uh, military orders box that would come with yeah, actually 300-point box. Those models are sweet. And that was what 130. I think it was under a hundred. I think it was like right at a hundred, if I'm not mistaken. I know that's what my Onyx box cost me when I first got into the game was right around a hundred. Yeah. I mean, but let's let's be honest here. I mean, we're we're all pretty seasoned tabletop gamers. Two hundred bucks to get you really well into a faction is not that much money. No, I mean that's that's what uh, one of the new GW boxes and like maybe a character. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so, I mean, I know a lot of people be like, holy crap, 200 bucks. But I mean, if you've been playing tabletop games, that's not that bad. And if you're a card player, like you like playing magic or something, that seems like a lot. But yeah. unlike magic, you're not going to have to keep buying cards with each new set. You I get mean, your box and you play if, it. If you're a new player, I would definitely recommend one of these action packs if that is a faction that you like. And then you could build from there. I, I would always recommend starting off at a lower point, um, lower point games. Before you actually jump up to three hundred points, get used to your get used to your models before you start adding more complexities to it. Yeah, I I, I still stick with the rule of cool, you know. Yeah, um, that's that's me too, man. I say, look at the factions. Which one appeals to you more? By eye, choose it. You can't go wrong. Um, and and no one's ever come back to me and said, "Oh, you you ripped me off, dude." No, they 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 build their faction and they keep going with that. I definitely think any faction you choose is going to be a box or two that you want to buy after the the first initial purchase, and that's usually going to be your line troopers special weapon box. Yeah, and, and to that I I really like uh, Corvus Belly strategy with the starter kits. You know, you buy one of the starters; it has two forces. You split it with your friend, and inside the books, they actually have suggestions as to what to buy next. Yep. Not to mention the new terrain is awesome. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, and Clay or Wilson, you guys can explain this, but you, when you're making your points, I asked you this the other day, Clay, what is, would you say, your standard point list? Like, what do you, what are the points that you're going to see in, like, tournaments or standard play? Sure. So, I mean, standard tournaments are always going to be uh, 300 points and then six special weapon costs, which is your short term is SWC. So anytime you have, a uh, like, a heavy weapon or a hacker profile is going to have a special weapon cost. So your entire team doesn't have missile launchers and uh, HMGs. Yeah. I, I think that's huge too, because in other games like 40 K, I mean, a lot of times you can spam like plasma or you can sp- spam these broken things. Whereas infinity, it's like, yeah, you can bring this powerful thing, but you only have so many slots for it. Well, and, and actually it takes me back to like another good change is they took away a lot of the taxes that they would have on certain profiles like a Harris profile having a, a special weapons cost associated with it. In in regards to those three hundred point boxes, as a as a less experienced player, uh if you if one of you two guys took a three hundred point box and just went to a tournament that was average sized, could you guys win with those? Like being that you guys are better ranked players, like could you win with like just the standard 300 point box or would you guys have to get other things? Well, that's going to depend on the mission layout, I would say. Uh, yeah, it, it depends. It depends on a lot of things. Um, mission layout being one, uh, the, the, the landscape of the opponents being another. Um, but you could certainly make a strong list that could compete. And uh, the last box that I remember getting was the GSA box, which I believe is about 300 points. And that box actually can has enough utility 
that um that you could you could potentially win games right out of the box and uh you you might not have all the toys you want but you could still be competitive yeah i, I just wanted to know how good those 300 point boxes are and uh if you guys as good players could be competitive with in an average tournament that that tells me that they're they're good enough because I, I hate it when you buy a box and it's supposed to be a hey you can play with this right out of the box and then like really it has drastic pitfalls and downfalls and you're you're like okay well you just put this together to make me have to buy more things that that gets kind yeah, of yeah so you're kind of alluding to it here guys but for those of us that are newer to infinity i mean are we looking at playing and winning the game closer to like 40k where you're trying to blast people off the table or are you looking at something closer to like malifo where you have certain missions or schemes that you're trying to accomplish throughout the game uh, this entirely depends on which mission you select. They are very much, uh, you do have killing missions where my entire job is to kill people while not being killed. And then there's uh, mixtures where I need to kill you while doing a mission, like uh, maybe like I'm trying to control quadrants, or you have ones that are really specialist heavy. It's like counterintelligence, where it's it's kind of like based on a card flip and what I'm able to do in my turn. Yeah, I have to echo that. It all depends on the mission composition. Um, every season, there's at least three missions that are all about killing your opponent. Um, and then there are missions that are all about controlling the board. And then there are other missions that are about getting to objectives and pressing the, the right button. Um, so it, it does vary. And I really like that because with most tournaments having anywhere from three to five different missions, it forces your opponent to really decide what they want to do uh, with their with their army, you know, you have to make an army that's balanced, that can actually yep. do everything that needs to be done for that mission. And how so, many uh, how so many lists a, do you guys get to bring too? Yeah, I was gonna. That's actually what I was gonna get ready to say. So for a typical tournament, you're only allowed to bring two lists, okay. and you might ha- you might struggle to fit everything you need to do for five missions in those two lists. That's actually part of kind of the, I guess, the ballet of list making for like big ITS events. Well, and I don't know about you, Clay, and Chris, you can speak to this too. And Wilson, you also are now playing some Malifaux. But I actually like the, like, hey, you can only bring two lists. Because Malifaux, you can bring anything. And it's this whole reveal thing and you got to build on the fly. I actually like the ability to be like, hey, I brought this and you already had your list made. Let's reveal which ones and let's go. I mean, for a newer player... Building a whole list on the fly is very overwhelming for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, when I went to a Malifaux tournament once, um, one guy looked like he brought his whole collection. And I remember <laughs> probably looking did. at him and I was like, did you bring your whole collection? And he's like, yeah, I don't know what I want to use. <laughs> that blew me away. That blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, yeah, so... It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I like I like the two list thing. I mean, War Machine and Hordes did the same thing and I think it 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 helps you though because you have to bring a balanced list. You can't just bring something that's just OP and over the top for this one specific scenario because the next mission that might do nothing for you. Right. And and I don't know what has changed um between editions, but looking at the JSA box just to keep myself honest, um, there's not 300 points there. It's only 250 points. Mm-hmm. So using that 250 points and then buying, you know, maybe two or three additional guys, I could make a very competitive list with, with that box. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I, I think that's a great for a new player to be like, I can start with this box, add a couple ones, and I'm pretty set to be at least learning and staying competitive. But, you know, obviously the more options you have, the better. Yeah, I think I think the last tournament I went to where I took JSA, both of my lists had the entire JSA box in it, and then the stuff around it would change. So, I mean, we got a lot of good stuff here for new players. I mean, there's a lot more, obviously, we go into it, but I think that's when you start kind of like seeing the new player's eyes glaze over and Clay realize he's explained too much. But <laughs> I, I, you want to definitely keep it newer friendly when you're doing your demos and stuff. But the last thing that I want to get, and this is probably where, Chris, you're going to be more interested, 
is, Wilson, I don't know how much you've listened to our podcast, but something that we like to talk about is our rage quit moments, right? So these stories about like either you or an opponent got extremely frustrated and, you know, maybe didn't end up blow to blow and, you know, Clay putting you in a wrist lock, but, you know, somebody got a little heated over something that happened in the game. So uh, I don't know if there's a moment you can share with us where, you know, maybe somebody got a little ragey with an infinity game that you played against them. <laughs> yeah he giggles yeah, he giggles yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one one uh that i remember specific well i got two i got one of my own and, and one of a friend so my sure. my friend aaron and i we were playing at I, I think one of the baltimore brawls and it was my invincible army versus his um at a concept cemento i think it was um pan oceana so pano and uh literally throughout the game I'm just rolling crits after crit after crit after crit. And end of the game, he's like, oh, I could turn this around. And guess what happens? A crit. And, and, <laughs> and it totally nullifies his whole plan. And uh, afterwards, he's like, you know what, Will? I'm going to have to go outside, take a breather. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that was one of those moments where he's like, all right, I got this one shot here. I just need this to go my way. And you just critted him again. Yeah, yeah. No, he kept cool through the whole thing. But that last <laughs> one broke him. Um, and, and we laughed about it pretty hard. And then on my side, when I was um, using the Shazvasti and doing quite well in, in, in ITS, um, I faced off against an Achilles, and and usually I can deal with Achilles, but in this particular instance, he he basically ran forward, ignored my hacking, put one shot on four different models, which were three of them were in suppressive fire, which means Achilles at substantial negatives, mm -hmm. um, and the third and the the fourth one was with a boarding shotgun in close range, so good odds and achilles literally killed every single person <laughs> and, and and i i i literally looked at my opponent i said excuse me and i walked away for a little bit because it was just like crazy um so i mean it, it happens crits happen um i really love the that's why i love the adjustments to crits because now instead of totally eliminating your your plan or, or crushing your hopes, you get a chance. And, and it, it, pro it, it feels better for me on the receiving end. And I'm sure it feels better for my opponent. Yeah. I mean, Clay, you and I had that demo game where I think we hit like three or four crits in a row in our interactions. And I think it wasn't until like the third time that the person actually died. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just, it does feel better. Sense. Yeah. Uh, All right, well, boy, let's see. I don't think I have any rage quit stories in infinity that, uh, uh, well, please share some rage quit jujitsu stories. <laughs> I haven't rage quit jujitsu either. Um, I, I, I have, I have, have a, I've, I've had a brown belt run off the mat at a uh, open mat before because I wrist locked him. He was pissed at me. It's not really like, it's not funny or anything. It's like, okay, I mean, um, I, I will say the last TTS league that I did uh, with Vol SC's league, um, the TTS dice really hated me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I would get. You know, I'd have burst five on something, and I would hit one time, and that went went through the entire match. And then, you know, I was already raging, and then I had my next game the next week. And in the first roll of the game, I lost my blue wolf tag to a a heel a Hillots one rocket shot. I kept failing fire saves, so I, I muted the mic and I did smash my keyboard. So there was that. <laughs> nah, the the, 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 the TTS <laughs> randomizer. Is, is insane. Uh, it, it's so, done the same thing to me. Like, oh, I'm, I'm burst five. I hit you once on a one. Oh, I die. I'm like, what? Yeah. So the the previous match, I was playing Shazvasti and a guy, um, I mean, his, his knock to fire out of cover made four HMG saves. Uh, and that was just the start of a downhill fight that I was already getting rage built up in me. So after I smashed the keyboard and got a new one out, um, my backup <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> um, I, I I raged after that game. I rage pulled up the the, the script to the uh, the dice generator and went yeah. through it and figured out if I could make it better. Um, so there's that, which is kind of fun. There's nothing nothing worse than rage coding. Yeah, didn't you say that you had something to do with that coding? <laughs> yeah, so I helped. I, I, I'm um, 
so I am on the mod team and I kind of help with some of the scripting issues that come up. I don't directly like do anything with the mod, but like uh, there was a scenario where you could potentially cheat with the dice and I made it to where you couldn't anymore by not touching them while they were rolling. Yeah. Okay. So let, let me ask you this, and this is the last thing that we'll do, and then we'll, we'll get ready to sign off here. But I'll get to you in a second here, Chris, but I'm going to start with Wilson. So, Wilson, this is your last pitch to get new people interested in the new edition. So what would you say to be like, hey, you should try out Infinity N4 because why? Uh, because setup doesn't take half an hour, and uh, you're always it's always your turn, 100%. Yeah, you don't have to wait thirty minutes for your, for it to come back to you, right? Yeah, yeah. That 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 <laughs> stop and go. Like I, it, some games you literally can walk away, um, but the the ARO function is great. And if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons and just wondered what it would be as a miniature game, uh, you'd be very comfortable moving to this as well. So I also encourage uh, Magic players to really look at this game. The mechanics are pretty solid. Um, and 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 D and D players, if if you if you want to be immersed in a cinematic universe, Infinity is really well really well well designed. Yeah, I, w- I will say it definitely. Somebody who was actually in the military, Infinity does what 40k really just does not. Where this feels like a modern and even futuristic age urban warfare game, and you really get that feel with it. So Clay. What do you say? People should play Infinity N4 because why? Uh, where else can you get uh, space samurai fighting werewolves or gorillas in power armor? <laughs> Nowhere. Uh, only Infinity. I mean, yeah. so if you if you have a penchant for anime uh, and sci-fi, this is definitely the game for you. Well, I also think it does a cool job just like with nationalism. Like, if you like this flavor of some nationalistic, you know, movement like me, I love, you know, Russian military history. And when they came out with this Russian sectorial, I, I don't know, is it considered a sectorial? Yep. In, yeah, Tartar okay. is a sectorial, correct. Okay, yeah, it, it was something where I'm like, okay, that's really cool. I need to get I need to get that. So, yeah, really great pitches just for people that are like been sitting on the fence. I think this is a great time to get in it. So, Chris, we're going to end with you here. What do you think? Do you think there's enough here where it's like, yeah, I, I can definitely put a lot more into Infinity now? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I I was really wanting to get into Infinity, and I felt like the learning curve was just a little bit too steep. And so if that learning curve is just, you know, flattened a little bit, that that's all I need to hear. And so I'm I'm going to go go take my medicine with Clay here in the next little bit and... uh you know, let him get all his fucking asshole gotcha moments on me. And then uh, hopefully, hopefully I get enough games in to where I'm like, all right, we're, 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 we're back at it. And I'm into infinity now. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great to hear. I know I'm definitely interested to play more. Once I played that, I'd say just try a demo because I think if you've played it before and we're like, eh, it's too much. I think the rule changes are, they're not heavy handed. But there's enough of it where it really simplifies a lot of the clunkiness that was in the previous edition. So I'm glad that Wilson and Clay, thanks for coming on and kind of flattening the learning curve for uh, for Chris and I. That way we can see that, yes, this is definitely something to be excited about and get into because I'm really excited about it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, man, thanks for for having me here. Uh, As a Warcore, uh, one last thing about why to join Infinity. Uh, I find that the community is all about enjoying the game. Uh, we, have, we have great events when COVID was not around, you know, up to 150 people. And uh, it, it's it's very experienced gamers that are really just looking to have a good time and, and play and play some games. So the community is awesome. I, I'd like to, I can't, I can't stop. I can't not say that enough. I can definitely echo, echo those sentiments. I was, uh, I was already kind of into the game, and then I went to my first major tournament, and that was like the the deal the deal sealer there, getting to meet people in the community. Yeah, and the community is actually really big too. Like, there's a lot of Infinity players. Like, I love Malifaux, but there's way more Infinity players than there are Malifaux, for sure. They're easier so, to find, for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to keep you guys on any longer. Thank you for coming on again. Make sure that you guys check out. 
um, our Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube channels to get more content. And I do, do expect that we'll be putting out more information with Infinity as Chris and I educate ourselves and enjoy the game in this new N4 edition. So, so we always sign off in a very specific fashion. And what a lot of people don't know is that Clay was there when we kind of came up with this sign-off. So I feel like Clay deserves to give us a sign-off. Yeah, let's, uh, let's roll dice and throw salt. That's all. That's, that's, there we that's go. all we do. <laughs>